Good day, gents, and welcome to another episode of Father's Fire. My name is Shirley Cedric, and every week we get together to explore the joys, the challenges, the triumphs, the sorrows, and yes, the fun of being a dad. And I'm telling you, the past couple of weeks have been absolutely uh, thought-provoking, heart-wrenching, joyful. I mean, it's just been a mix of emotions. And as you guys know, um, I had a phenomenal episode where I sat down with my son, uh, Christian, and we talked about his experience um, with teen suicide and the things that happened in our family in result of that. Um, And because of that episode, my good friend Sean Hart reached out to me. He runs a phenomenal program called Involved Dad. I'm also co-host another uh, father's podcast called A Father's Heart Podcast, co-hosted with Cole Williams. Um, And he reached out and said, hey, I would really love to have you and your son on our podcast. And it was a fantastic discussion. And it, it actually revealed things to me that I didn't even know about my son and that he had experienced on a personal level. Um, and he was very candid and very open um, about having to step up, but also how he needed help and how he was able to reach out to his older brother, Devin, and how his older brother, Devin, was such a critical part in helping him get into a good space. So I thought this week what I would do, and I've gotten permission from Sean and Cole to rebroadcast this on my platform. So I'm going to put a link to a Father's Heart podcast, the YouTube video, in case you want to watch the video. But also I'm going to include the audio audio here as part of the podcast. And I really, really hope you men and you women that have kids that are struggling with depression, anxiety, potential... Um, inclinations towards committing suicide or have thought about it or contemplated it or you yourself are struggling with it. So I'm really hoping that these conversations will be helpful for you and your families, because I know there's a lot of men that struggle, struggle with the weight of life's challenges as well as the women in their lives do as well. And sometimes we don't have open discussions about what's going on and we don't create a safe space where we can talk about these. So I will put also links to other episodes where I've talked about this because I think it's critical that we have the discussion. So please enjoy this episode uh, with Sean Hart, Cole Williams, myself, and my son, uh, Christian Cedric. It was originally broadcast on the Father's Heart podcast. And if you guys have any questions, and want to talk about this on a one-on-one level, please give me a shout. And without further ado, here you go. What up? What up? (laughs) (laughs) Yo, welcome to another edition of a Father's Heart podcast with my main man, Cole. What it do, Cole? What it do? I'm in the building. You see the the beard is on the flow. I know y'all see it. It's just, just, you know, it's doing its thing. It's growing. So I'm glad to be in the building. I promise you. you, I promise you. I promise you. None of us ask you about your beard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking to the viewers out there. I'm talking to my guys, you know, who, you know. 
the the women. Yeah, yeah, they know. They know. So what's Boy. up, everybody? Boy, <laughs> man. Yo, listen, man. Let's, what you talking about, man? Man, listen, let's tap right into it. Let's tap right into it, man. We we are talking about uh, a serious topic tonight. Um, and um, listen, I want to make sure that we maximize this time uh, and really uh, hone in on this. And so, uh, you know, to our viewers, who we have on tonight, man, is a really good friend of mine, Jody Cedric, uh, who uh, has a podcast called Fathers uh, Fi- Fathers Fire, right? The uh, Fires Fire. How do I say it? Fathers Fire. Yes, Fathers <laughs> Fire. That's that tongue twister podcast. Um, yes. And and uh, I watched his podcast last week with his son, and um, and it was super dope to have uh, to see how him and his son was communicating on a podcast. It was super dope. And, um, and when I began to listen to it, I was like, yo, I got to have them on Cole. And, uh, and without a hesitation, both of them said, yo, we will have this discussion. And so, um, listen, man, I just want to let both of you know, we appreciate you coming on and, um, sharing your story. And, um, and like we said behind the scenes, man, you go as deep as you want to go. You stay as surface, man. But I think it's a topic that, you know, that needs to be discussed and that needs to be talked about. Um, and it's not being talked about a lot, especially amongst men. Um, and so today, man, I want to talk about um, suicide and men struggling uh, by themselves. Right. Um, and not knowing how to navigate that space. Right. Um, and. You know, we're going to go deep tonight. So if you if you can share the podcast, you might know somebody uh, might be somebody your timeline that you don't even know that may be struggling with this very thing. Right. So if that's the case, you know, please share it. Um, I mean, I don't know if y'all hear that. Somebody calling me, knowing them live. Boy, yeah, they something else, man. Like, I'm like, listen, I'm do not disturb me. Listen, that that. Boy, the, hey, hey, Christian, that lets you yeah. know that, listen, we, we straight real. raw. Let you know we straight <laughs> raw. Yeah, dude. Any minute Sean camera can go out. Any minute I might, you know, just completely disappear. <laughs> so, it's so listen, man. So let's, let's tap well, in. Let's so, so Christian um, mm-hmm. and Jody, talk to us. Jody, w- talk to us, man. You know... I, I first of all, thanks for having us on. Um, it's interesting the timing of our conversation tonight because I actually got um, two nights ago. I got a message from a listener of my podcast, and they said, "Hey, I just want to let you know that the things that you and your son talked about really hit home." And I texted back. I'm like, "Do you want to talk?" And he said, "Well." He goes, I'm not sure how much detail I want to go into, but when it's ready, I need to talk to you. Mm. And that re-emphasized to me that we have an underlying current in our society, especially among men, where we can't talk about depression, anxiety, the weight on our shoulders. And so what happens is we end up bottling all this this 
tension and emotion and feelings up and we never address the real issue. And we were talking about attempted teen suicide and our, you know, between Christian and I's conversation. But one of, one of the things that's really scary to me is, you know, seven out of 10 suicides between the ages of 40 and 65 are men. 70%. That is a staggering number, right? And so we have to create an environment where we can talk about it. And it's tough, right? Because for a lot, you know, I, a year ago, I did a four-part series on my experience with teen, attempted teen suicide. And it was raw. It was heartfelt. I just broke it down, right? But I was trying to be very sensitive to the fact that while it was my child's story and I wanted to be sensitive of their feelings, I also wanted to be to share that it's my story too as a father. So so which is which is powerful, right? And and you do have a story, you know, in this. And I want to hear that that story because there may be a father or just a parent, right? Just a parent who is struggling with the child who may have who may be battling with this um and they're the only ones that know. And so Christian you know, can you, you know, right now you are thriving, you are actor, you know. Um, That's the brother you, that's the actor. He's uh, the artist. Oh, he's yeah. the art. He's the artist. I thought you say he's the actor. That's his brother. Oh, OK. So you just got all type of talent in your crib. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot, a of lot. <laughs> like stuff. When you got six kids, there's a lot going on. OK, OK. Um, so can you talk to us, man, you know, of what, what led you, like, how did you, how did you get to that space mentally where that was even an option? You know what I mean? Right. Because I'm quite sure, you know, I could tell you, you're a nice looking young, you know, man, quite sure you didn't have any problem connecting with people or whatever the yeah. case. So, um, I'm quite sure you was popular. At least that's my own assumption, right? And I may be wrong. So just no, help me. Help us understand, like, who were you and how did you get there? No, like, right now, currently, I probably have, like, the least amount of friends that I think I've ever had, you know? But I'm definitely in the best place that I've ever been. Uh, but back when, like, I was dealing with a lot of problems and, like, suicidal thoughts and, like, anxiety, depression, like, the whole yard, like... uh I had tons of friends. Like I had like more people that I could hang out with that I could count. And it was not. And part of that was because I, I have none of those people really knew me, you know, and I like it was hard for me to talk to those people about what I was going through. And like I felt like what I was going through was such a unique thing and such an isolated thing to me. Like I would just isolate myself in my own like spare time. And then when I was out with like other people, like I would just let loose and I would just cut that entire part of my life off and then just like put on a face for everybody, you know, but it was just like a really hard time in my life. I was dealing with like, I was like, I was like 18, 19, like there was a lot of things that was going on though, like, like grandpa passing away like Sincha's attempted suicide, attempted suicide. 
like my own dog, like my very first dog got hit by a car and that all happened in within like a similar week, you know? And so like things just started going out of hand. And then I was also like, I was young and I was like 19. Well, I'm still young, you know, like I'm only 25, but I was like 19 at the time. And I was like questioning like, like adulthood and like trying to figure out who I was. And so that's very challenging, you know, and trying to figure out how life works, you know? And like, I remember like not being able to talk to any of my friends and not really understanding how I felt, you know? And it was very difficult. Like all my friends were like, they were good. Like I had a few good friends and a few friends that I could talk to, but it never felt like, the way that me and my older brother talk, like I've talked to my older brother about this stuff and he's probably one of the people that know me the best when it comes to that, you know, and it's hard not having that community or that family, like, uh, in, in a friendship, I feel like you need, like you need a person, people in your family that can be that rock for you. And then you also need, your friends, like at least a few friends to be a rock for you as well. And it's hard to not have that circle around you. You know, it's hard to only be able to rely on one side of like your relationships, which would be your family, you know? And so and that's a- it, see, Cole, go ahead. I, I see, I see. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm listening, but I'm also, um, you know, taking notes, but also, recognizing the bravery that um that it it is in terms of telling the story i think sometimes we forget how it's one thing to tell the it's one thing to have the lived experience it's another thing to tell the story so i think one of the things i just appreciate right now is that there is a that you guys both feel comfortable enough to share the story um with with the world right because i think that's a that's another piece to this puzzle but I, I think one of the things that stands out for me too as i'm listening is this idea of um you, you described it as um putting on a face and you know when i heard that i instantly thought of the the mask and so part of me you know wonders how how do we help people take off the mask or how do we help men take off the mask so that they can they can be in a space where they can they can share those those vulnerabilities or that feeling of isolation um Mm -hmm. that that was kind of the thing that just stood out to me it's like man there are so many of us that are wearing these faces where where do we go at some point where we can take it off and so i'm just wondering like what's your thoughts about that yeah no well i have uh i have a few buddies that they like definitely deal with like these issues and they wear masks for sure. They're like some of the funniest guys I know actually. And some of that, like, and that's, and that's what I was going to ask you. What are those masks? What are yeah, those like, For me, it's not, not like, it's not super funny. I just like become like, I'm just really nice to people. And I just like can talk to people and I just go around being nice and just like talking to people. But like, I have a few friends, uh, like my buddy deals with, extreme alcoholism like was like a heroin addict for a very long time and he's obviously off of it now but he deals with all these like internal problems and he is just the funniest guy i know he's so funny but like you hang out with him 
And then you can always, if you hang out with somebody long enough, you can always catch it, you know, and you can mm. like see coming up. And so I think a huge part of it is you have to just be present, you know, you have to be there. You have to spend time with these people. Like they might not ask for help in like a traditional way, like, oh, I'm feeling sad, but they'll be like, oh, do you want to like hang out? And you're like, it's a Tuesday. Why do you want to hang out? Like, that's kind of weird, you know, and you have to be able to recognize that this is probably one of those times that he needs a little bit of support and he needs a friend. And so then you go and he'll probably put on a mask for you. Like that's happened a few times. They'll probably put on a mask for you for a while, but eventually like something clicks and, you know, and that's when you jump in and you kind of like want to hurry on that moment. And you're just like, Hey, like, is everything all right? Like, just want to check in, you know, like, you, you say something that's that's uh, interesting to me, right? Because I'm thinking about people would say, yo, when you want to people who want to hurt themselves like you, you, you weak and, you know, you, you, you're not strong. You know, they, they just think it's like weak people. Right. Yeah. And here you mean I look at you. I can tell you far from that. And here is something that you you battled with mm. right and that goes into that stereotype and, and i think like because you're talking about being aware and being present and a lot of times we are not present for those individuals that we believe and see on the outside that got it all together good mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> you, you get what i'm saying yeah no i get you i i think that is really powerful because Especially if you're struggling with anxiety or depression, it's easy to put on the mask. How many men go to work, they put in the grind, they're wearing the weight of the finances, the, you know, are the kids good? Is my wife taking care of? And they come home and they sit in their car for five, 10 minutes trying to get it off of their hearts and put on a good face so that they can walk into the house. Right. And one of the things that was really challenging for me is because my daughter had such, you know, so much tragedy from a very young age. Right. It was at first it was very difficult to identify those signs. Right. But over time, I began to tune in to these little masks that she would put on. She would become very talkative. She would want to be near me. And then other times she would want to pull away. And and I could always, I got to the point where I could see, all right, we're starting on a downward trend because everything became too good. And I'm like, all right, what's going on? You know, and I try to tap in, I try to listen and sometimes they still put on the face, still they still try to push, right? Because they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to put on the responsibility of being an adult or a teen or, you know, that has it all together. And they're trying to work through it. But what they need to know is that they can work through it with you. And it's difficult to create that bridge so that they know that they can turn to you. Christian had, you know, really good relationship with Devin. So that was real easy. And, you know, to be honest, I didn't know the weight 
that Christian was struggling with because he had such a good shoulder to lean on in Christ, in Devon. Right. And so it's this crazy dynamic because it's easy as a dad to be focused on the, on the child that is struggling. That is screaming a lot this. More visible. Right. And, but you still got to be cognizant of how this is affecting the entire family, all of the kids. And so Judy and I tried very hard to make sure that we were making time for each one of the kids so that they knew that it wasn't just this one kid that had our attention. You all have our attention and we're trying to figure out how to move through it in a way that is beneficial for everybody in the family. I like it, man. So, so Cole, at any time, man, please, you know. Yeah, no, I, there's so many things. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying not to ask too many questions, right? Because I'm also trying to be present because listening is also a part of that. And I know we're doing a podcast, so there, there should be questions, but I'm also trying to hold space for listening um, because part of what keep, keeps popping up in my head is this, is just recognizing as a parent, when do you, there has to be a shift in what's happening with you in terms of your own self-assessment, right, Jody, in order to be able to really do the kind of work that it requires for you to to be able to see over the balcony um, and recognize all the different um, characteristics or personality traits that might pop up that might be an a, a alarm that is setting off for you to sort of say, hey, dad, there's something going on with me. Because I think what Christian said is really profound, too, is that oftentimes boys, men don't say, I need you. I might say, hey, what you're doing um, on a Tuesday, which might feel weird to somebody, but I'm not going to just write, go out and just say, hey, dad, I really need to sit down and talk to you. And this is the problem that I'm having. Like, So it really requires this idea of being present. But most importantly, how do dads and moms show up? for themselves to be present enough for what's going on within them to be able to see what's going on with their own children. And so Jody, I'm really interested in hearing from you in terms of how, how were you able to make that shift? Because I also, we both, we spend a lot of time working with single parents who have multiple children and not, there might not be a husband, there might not be a wife in, in that space. And so how, how do you, how do you how, how how did you guys make the decision or where did you land with yourselves to be able to say, OK, this is what we need to do for all the kids? Um, yeah, I guess that's the question I'm trying to figure out. Like, how did how did y'all arrive there? Because it, it doesn't sound like that's something that just happened overnight. No. And that's probably the biggest challenge of it all. Right. Because I had to recognize that the way I had parented our first four children was not working for our two adopted children. All right. Okay. Right. We were attached. We were connected. We trusted each other. We loved each other. We had that foundation. And to bring two children with broken hearts and broken experiences into your home at eight and nine, you know, there is a lot of emotion, both good and bad, that they are unpacking. And you know, it's interesting because we have this idea of what adoption, foster care, what it's going to look like. And we're excited, but the the reality of the, the pain in their hearts can be very difficult 
to bridge, to overcome, right? And so I had to, I had to really step back and where I could set a consequence for an action, I couldn't do that anymore because they didn't trust me. And so I had to figure out a way to build the trust through the way that I cared for them in a way that it would build that bridge so that we could then could move forward in a positive direction. And I had to recognize too, that I was parenting hurt kids. And, that- you know, when you're dealing with, when you're coaching single parents, they're parenting hurt kids. They're working through the loss of a dad or a mom. They're working through the pain of trying to blend two families together. All of a sudden I have stepsisters or stepbrothers, half brothers. And they're like, dude, I don't even like this guy. And he's in my house and I'm supposed to respect him and love him. Yeah. Right? And so you have to be, you have to create an environment where those feelings can be expressed in a healthy manner. And that does not always happen. (laughs) I remember a three hour temper tantrum, literally a three hour temper tantrum when we first, and, and Cynthia kind of, she doesn't remember it all about, but I remember all three hours ripping clothes off, running outside, sitting on the couch in tears, praying to God to help me figure out what it is to help this little girl's heart. And she's spitting in my face and, and I'm sitting there praying and finally, I'm just singing, right? And, and I'm just finally, you know, we got through it, right? And so I think one of the challenges as a parent is our expectations do not align with where the child's heart is. And we need to meet them where their heart is so that they can work through the pain and the loss and the anguish that they're experiencing instead of us just demanding and expecting that they be at a certain point because they still haven't unpacked the pain in their heart. And unpacking that often takes years of patience, love, and leaning into each other. So you said so many things, right? One of the things I'm a firm believer in when there's a conflict, don't don't move away, but move in. Um, in addition to that, you, you're also pushing parents to also switch this paradigm in terms of how we see children. I'm a big, big believer in um, the way that we see children in this society can, is, is, is shameful in terms of like how we treat them, how, how they should behave, all of the things that come with these old school nuances and philosophies. And I, I think what you're doing is you're 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 challenging parents to turn that turn out those those messages and those ideas and those behavior practices that we've been doing and accustomed to doing from our own lived experiences as as, as children with adults in terms of how you learn how to parent upside down. And so, man, Jody, I really appreciate what you're sharing um, in this space because I think it's so important that children do well when adults are well. And, you know, adults can't continue to read the same book in terms of this is how you parent. And I think that there and often I hear this thing like there's there's um, there's not one book that teaches you how to parent. And I'm like, yo, in this day and age, (laughs) there are tons of books and there is tons of information and there's all kinds of 
um, styles in terms of you educating yourself on what, you know, how to parent. But this idea of parenting the heart of a child is a is a really interesting space because we don't often think that way. But I've also learned too, to, to kind of add on to what you're saying, is that in order to be able to parent the heart of a child, I've also learned that the heart of that parent, that, that child and that parent also has to to grow and, and be nurtured too. And so there has to be this combination of parents also healing from their own childhood wounds in order sometimes to be able to able to see the heart of their children. So I think that, man, you, you, you both are hitting on some topics and, and, and some lived experiences that again, people just don't talk about. We don't hear enough of. And so, man, I thank you guys both again for, you know, moving us into this understanding of that parenting really is a paradigm shift and you really got to do the work inwardly um, before you start teaching and practicing discipline on children outwardly. So thank you for that, man. Man, that 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 is good, Christian. I want to I want to ask you. So so what? Do you, just thinking back, like when you was in that space, right? When you was considering, contemplating, and I don't know uh, if you uh, where you are. You didn't share, like if you actually attempted, right? But my thing is like, what what did you need? When you when you look back in that moment, what did you need when you was going through your um, when you was in that space? Yeah, no, like I needed there's a lot of things that I needed. I needed a better support system from the friends that I had mainly like and like probably at the time from like the family that we were raising, like things were back then things were still pretty hectic with everything, you know? And there was just like not a lot of time, you know, to like make sure. Well, I didn't also feel like I was like an important enough issue. Mm. And I feel like that's like a huge thing is like, I didn't feel like I like needed to bother these people with my time and my issues. And wow. so like I just wouldn't. And like my friend group wasn't necessarily the most supportive, like they were understanding, but like, you know, we all come from these different families and we come from all these different backgrounds. It's hard to feel like you relate to somebody. And so like, there was like a few nights where I was like, well, there was one night in particular where like all of my roommates were gone. And like, I was just like, and I was recently also just done with like a breakup and stuff. And it was just like, felt like I was just spiraling and like, like I had like the belt and I was like, okay, like this is like, this is something that I'm going to do. And then I like, kind of like, were like stepped a little bit back. And then I like called Devin and I was like, you know, like, I just want to reach out one more time, you know, and I'm glad that I did, you know, and it's one of those things that, you know, it's scary to reach out and it's scary to like think about people in those ways, especially if you haven't done it. Like, uh, like my older brother, like in high school, we didn't really talk about that kind of stuff. And it was only until like, I started really like dealing with it and like really like facing it uh, was like when he became that person for me. But before that it wasn't, but it's hard to like find those people that are willing to fill that role for you. And then also like, take that step and not necessarily asking them because it's hard to ask for people to fill those roles, but just have them like trust them with that information, you know? 
And that's definitely the hardest part is like just finding people you can trust. There's two things that, that I want to point out from that. So last week, Christian talked about it developed an independence in him that he wasn't anticipating having to do. Right. So a lot of times as young kids, especially in a family dynamic where you have hurt children, it un- unintentionally forces your other kids to react in a certain way or, you know, they they respond to their perception of what is needed for them or they don't want to become a burden. Because honestly, this is the first time that I've ever heard of this instance where he had the belt and he needed to call Christian. And it's easy as a dad to go, what didn't I do? What didn't I see? What, what wasn't I enough, right? That he would turn to me, but I'm thankful that we have a strong enough family dynamic that he had somebody within our family circle that he could turn to and go, hey, can I just talk to you? I'm really struggling. I need to step back and breathe. Can you help me think through this in a way that my clouded mind? Because we got to understand, it's not that these people are weak. It's that they want the pain and the darkness in their heart just to stop. And they're willing to do anything to get the pain to stop. It's not that they want to die. They want the pain to stop. Right. And so we have to create environments where we can lean on each other. And sometimes you're not the one that gets leaned on. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay not to be the one that's leaned on. Yeah. But it is important that we create an environment where someone can be leaned on. I love that. I love I, I that. <laughs> I, I love that. Like, and I think that's really powerful because I think my parents, parents fall apart when they, they learn something tragic or hear something about their children that they thought or believed that their children should have been able to talk to them about. Right. But the truth of it is, is that if parents, the goal for parents is really to create the space to create the environments, to create the brave and safe um, places where children can grow and thrive. And if you're doing that within the, the, the sanctuary of wherever you are, then the, you will equip other people that are in your home to be that for each other. And so I, I love that. And that's what I'm going to take away tonight and use in my work to work with dads is that you don't have to carry the weight of being everything for everybody. You just have to make sure that you create the spaces for people to be there for each other. That right there, hands down, man, is I, I don't even. Yep. That's it. Yep. That, no, that, 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 that's that, how you lead. That's how you guide. That's yeah. How you, Absolutely. Boy. Yeah. No, that that's that's real, right? Because you know, and, and what I love about this moment, right? This is a real transparent moment because you look, Christian made a statement. Yeah. Jody, you as a father sitting next to him, right? And because my next question or statement was gonna be a lot of times us as parents, we take on the burden. Uh, we take on the burden of our children uh, and take on the burden of the situation. And we take it, we take it personal. 
we take it personal, like what didn't I do, or you know, whatever the case, right? We we take on that burden. But what I want to uh, just acknowledge in this moment is that I love what you said. It was beautifully stated on that he had a brother or somebody else to lean on. When you listen to a lot of great coaches, they said the best teams are player-led teams. When the head coach have to lead everybody and do everything, that team is not going to go very far, even in the organization or company. And it's no different than the household. If the only people that are holding people accountable or creating a space for people to be authentic and be able to share, if it's only the parents, I don't know how, how, how strong that family really is. Right. So so those strongest families that we, we need to make sure that our families are being led by the family and not just the parent. Right. The, the parent lead and show the way. But the children and all of those involved. Need to know their role so that way they can show up, because as a parent, man, you worrying about you mean it's, it's like a CEO. You thinking about all this high level stuff and I got to do this and I got to do that. And like Christian said, he's like, man, I don't want to bring this to them. You mean this person needs this more than me? I'm straight. I'm going to be all right. Right. And so but that's not always, you know, the case. And so when we create an environment where the whole house is healthy, then we can see those things together as a family, right? We can see it together as a family, man. So that was, you know, I, I appreciate you guys, um, you know, definitely sharing this. So, so, so Christian, I just recently, um, a few months ago had a really good friend of mine, man, who committed suicide. Um, and I, you know, did his service, you know, really good brother to me who I called my brother. It was painful. And we all felt like, man, like we weren't there and we seen his Facebook posts and, you know, all of that type of stuff. And we just like feeling guilty. Like, why didn't I see this? And why didn't I see that? Um, so I just need to hear from you, Christian, is like, what can we do? Like practical things that we can do to make sure that we support people when they're going through this situation. Because a lot of times we dismiss, like, oh, you'll be all right. Here's a big one. Go pray about it. Right? I, I, I get it. But in those moments, is that what you want to just hear? No, like, that's not what anybody wants to hear. Are you telling people to, like, basically just deal with their own problems, you know, and internalize. And that's not, and then that also creates a road and for them to just continue to do that and not ask you anymore. Like if it gets worse, like maybe like the first time, like they do it, it helps out a little bit, but if it comes up again, they already know your answer. Mm. You know, they already know what you're going to offer them. And it's just them to deal with their own problems. And you know, you need to be able to be there from the beginning is like a very important thing. And then second, like, I would say, like, you need to like educate yourself on like the things not saying that you aren't educated, but like yeah. for people that are listening, like, 
read a book about it. Read a, like I have a great book that I read. It's called what happened to you. It's all about childhood trauma and how that affects you as an adult. And like, I picked it up for myself, but I realized like the difference between like other people and me too, and like how to help them with their problems and like understand where they're coming from and like what might be causing these issues. And so educating yourself is like a huge thing and then also like just creating those environments where like you're all like you're there for people and that like we always need to be there for people you know and you need to be like I always try to like make myself seen as the guy you can come talk to with your problems you know and that has definitely led people like just strangers or random people to come talk to me, but like, I'm not going to push them aside. You know, that's not like what I want to do with my life and that's not who I want to be, you know? And I think like, that's kind of like the mindset we have to have. We have to like indoctrinate this more of a pack mentality than an individual like lone wolf mentality. Like that's just like what kind of beings we are. We need to be there for each other. Like we don't survive if we're not, I have another question for you. So I'm on the phone with, just say I'm on the phone with a male or female and they're going Mm -hmm. through this and they're going through this. How do I know if my job is done at least for the night? Like how should I leave or close Mm -hmm. the door where I know it's safe for me to hang up that telephone? I know I'm putting so I know I'm putting pressure on you, but people need to know this, right? Like I, I don't no. I don't know. So if you don't know the answer, it is what it is, you oh, know. But like, I, but I do want to I do want to know, like, hey, if I'm on the phone and I'm like, I right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm gonna pray for you, right? Because yeah. they're like, you know, I feel so much better. But do they? No. So I'm just asking you. It's just a hard answer. Like it's a hard thing. Like way to describe it because i know what it looks like and i know what it feels like but it's like hard for you like me to describe like basically like it always ends like it's not something that you necessarily want to end if somebody's like coming and talking to you like give that person as much time as they need to like really get through it you know and just like keep asking questions and then also like don't be afraid to talk about your own experiences or your own problems. Like even if it's like maybe like minuscule compared to theirs, or you think that it's minuscule compared to theirs, like they're not going to think it's minuscule compared to theirs because they just really want to find like a community. They want to find people to relate to. So they're going to be like, Oh, you know, no, like this person does get me to like a certain extent. And so always talk about like your own things and ask questions like it's a it's a strange combination but like when you're truly there for somebody like you'll figure it out and then just let them kind of like close it off for themselves like one thing that my older brother does is like he just like will sit on the phone and sometimes we'll just sit in silence you know until i'm ready to hang up you know until Mm. i know that i'm gonna be okay and i don't need him anymore you know and he like and then you always start like finish it with like be like hey if you need anything you can always call me like i'm always gonna be there for you like like i love you like whatever you need like whatever like actually like from the heart you know what's from inside you know i love it 
I love it, man. This is great practical information, right? Because I'll be honest, there's been times, like, because I can be impatient, right? Because I'm like, man, yo, I got to go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In my head, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking I did all of this work and, you know, I empowered them and they feeling inspired and they like, yes, I'm ready to take on a day. But that's Mm -hmm. me hanging up the phone. I concluded that. And so I love what you're saying is that I need to make sure before uh, I hang up that that is something that they want to happen, that I need to allow them to lead. Mm. You, you have to be willing to go the distance. And the distance is not always easy. In fact, it's often uncomfortable. In fact, the last time we had an incident with my daughter, it was late at night and it was ice cold outside. And she left with no shoes, no jacket. She just went out. My son went after her, and finally he came back. He said, Dad, I'm not helping. It's your turn. And so I went out, and, you know, the spirit directed. I I need to stop there, though. I think that's important. Regardless of why he said, I can't go further, but it's important that he recognize the distance that he can go, and he passed the baton off to you. Yep. Right. Because we because we may not be strong enough or have the the wherewithal to go to distance or they may not be tapped into what you're bringing to the table. Yeah. Right. They may feel that you're too close to it or you're too distant from it as well. Right. And so recognizing that sometimes and Judy and I were really good about this, especially because we have multiple instances of this and you could see the buildup and Judy would come in. All right. Do you need me to do we need to tag team? We had a code word that would help us know when we needed to switch. Right. But for both of us, you know, but I'll never forget. We were I mean, it was late at night. It was freezing cold and I'm going I'm walking I'm pursuing my daughter and I'm like, you know, I, I'm not sure what to say. And she turns around. She goes, why are you following me? Why do you love me? Why do you keep persisting on following me? I said, because one, I love you. And two, I'm always going to go after you. I will always run to you. And you may not be ready for me to close the entire distance, but I will be within arm's reach for that moment when you go, Dad, I need you. And when you say that, I'm going to close the gap all the way and I'm going to walk with you all the way home. I like it. I like and, it. and that's a hard thing, right? It's, it's hard knowing when it's time to turn around. It's hard to know when to turn off the phone. But like Christian says, it's almost got to be the other. It has to be the other person. I like it. Right. Because when they're ready, they've made a switch in their mind and in their heart to go, you know what? I can deal with this right now. I've unpacked enough. I can go rest and I'm going to take on the day tomorrow. I like it. So, so. 
so Christian, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask both of you guys one more question before we get out of here. Um, Christian, I, I need you to speak to the men that's on this, uh, that's watching this and that will watch this. I need you to, um, I don't want to tell you what to say, but I just want you to share something with them. All right. Well, I think it's important that we understand that like, this isn't an individual thing. Like you do have people that want to talk to you, you know, and if you don't like, there are like, there are resources that you can go out and get, but it is important that like you, we learn about this issue. And if you are struggling, like, even if it is like in the slightest amount, like go grab a book, like just Google search, you know, like learn a little bit about like this problem, you know, even if you don't actually think that, you know, you're going to get to that point where it's a problem and like, just start learning about it. You know, that's one thing that we don't do enough is we don't like pick up the books. We don't do the searches. Like we need to be able to have like an open discussion about it. We need to be educated about it. Just like you're educated in your job and like just how you're educated in like your relationship with your wife or your like girlfriend, like your spouses and your kids. Like you need to be educated in all things, you know. And so just like grab a book, read a little bit, you know, talk to people about it. Like talk to people about what you're learning in your book, like spread the knowledge, you know, spread like the love that comes with like caring for other people and being there for other people. It's contagious, you know, so and always don't never be afraid to spend time with people like it's not going to make you feel weak and never, never be afraid to talk to people and truly like express yourself and be who you are. Like that's not weakness. Like that is strength and people don't understand that. And people need to like really have that be come like part of their core values. Man, Christian, I appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate you sharing your story and being vulnerable, um, on a father's heart podcast. Um, listen, I know it's, it's not always easy, but, you know, the crazy thing about it, man, is that what you've gone through and, and I and I love that you are on the other side of it. Um, but it wasn't just for you. Right. Like, I really believe that you saved somebody life today um, might be tomorrow or the next day. But this video will be here forever until Facebook or somebody destroy it, if they ever destroy it. But just understand your story will reach millions. And if only one person hear this message and you saved a life, well done, brother. Thank you. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you uh, serving and being willing to come on and, and, and talk. And so, Jody, uh, if if you don't mind, I would like for you to to share to a parent um, what can they do to get through it. 
themselves hmm. personally? What can they do? What should they do? Yeah, boy, I'm packing that one. Um, the only way through hell is walking through hell. <laughs> right? And a lot That's of times, I, I think a lot of times we pray as we should. We pray to God and we say, God, please take this challenge from me. And it's like we want him with his all omnipotent hand, grab us out of that situation and pluck us over into you know green pastures. But there is a refinement that comes through going through the hell of some challenges. And when I look at some of the challenges that we as a family have gone, that Judy and I as parents have, have prayed and pled and laughed and, and cried and took long walks together and commiserated and cheered and, and you know been each other's biggest fan and support. Through that experience, we were refined. Our character was polished. And the only way to rough off those rough edges of you as a dad, you as a mom, is to go through experiences that cause you to look at yourself and go, what do I need to become for my child? What do I need to become for my wife? But we often tend to look at it from ourselves and we go, all right, how come my needs aren't being served? How come nobody's appreciating the work that I'm doing? Instead of going, you know what, I'm going to be the punching bag and that's okay. Because as you've told me, be the strength while finding the strength. Right. And so for me, you know, some of the very practical things that that Judy and I did to help us through this. Number one, Judy and I worked out and we still work out every single day together. We have a date night together. In the first two years that we adopted our kids, we literally could not leave the house because of the, the emotional trauma that they were working with. So Judy and I got really creative, and we had date night in our bedroom. We would make cookies, and we would watch Netflix, or we'd go get Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and we'd take a long walk. We got creative. We made time for each other. Good. And we also, one of the things that Judy encouraged me to do, and it has been one of the best things that I've ever done, is just like, Jody, I know the days are tough. And you got to figure, too, I was also building a business at the same time. And she goes, I need you to keep a gratitude journal. And every day I would write at least three things in that journal and what that did was it enabled me to see God's hand in my life every single day. That's good, man. And That's so good. those are three very practical things that we did. And of course, Judy and I, I mean, from our very early in our marriage, we have always prayed together. And the way you turn a couple into a couple with power is you involve the man upstairs and you turn your couple into a threesome with real power. I love it. I love real it. Real. I love it. You even got your son smiling right there. I love it. 
So listen, man, we about to get out of here. But one of the things that we always do before we go, we do a legit or not legit. So we got a couple people on here still. So I need y'all to put in the chat if this is legit or not legit. Before I say that, let me say thank you, thank you, thank you guys for coming on. Right. I, I really appreciate it. The, the, the wisdom and the information that you guys uh, released tonight is just amazing, man. And thank you for being uh, a servant. Thank you for being a servant and sharing your story with our audience. And so, uh, again, you, you guys got to participate. So I need to know if this is legit or not legit. Is it legit or not legit? That after you get done brushing your teeth and you still got a little water left, can you dry your mouth off on your wife's towel? Is that legit or not legit? <laughs> uh, are you gonna take that one? I don't have a wife. Well, what your girl, whoever, is it legit <laughs> to dry your mouth off on their towel? I, I use my own towels, so you know. So is it legit or not legit? I, not legit. Like I don't. <laughs> using my towels for the, her stuff. Too. You know like, what? Well, I will share. <laughs> if like if if it needs to happen, like obviously I'd be okay with sharing. But. On the daily, not legit. Yeah. In emergency, <laughs> legit. <Yeah. laughs> Yo, <laughs> I don't need you foaming on the mouth on my towel. Yo. <laughs> Yo, so I am gonna say it's legit. Yeah, I've been. I, I got caught. Listen, legit. I got caught this morning. <laughs> Her towel was right by where I was, man. Yeah, and I turned around and she was looking. She was like, "I know you're not." I'm like, I'm sorry. I've been doing it for I don't know how many months. <laughs> That's part of being one. Yeah. So I can't do it no more. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Thank you for popping Love in. You. All the followers out there, thank you for staying in. Stan Hannah, what it do, man? Good to see you, man. Love you, brother. Miss Kelsey Williams, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for chiming in. I see you laughing over there in the comment section. So we appreciate you guys. Uh, listen, we'll be back here next week, same time. Uh, yo, listen, you guys have a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal week, all right? So we love you, ma'am. Be blessed. Till next time.